0: I'm Will Fulton, and this is Thrillist Explorers. In October, in the year 2000, I was in grade school. I think I was learning about the War of 1812, but obviously, that's not important. What I do remember, very clearly, is sitting in front of the TV somewhere far away from the inevitably disapproving gaze of my parents and watching Jackass for the first time. There were goldfish swallowed, private parts tasered, and eventually, as you almost definitely know, that TV show spun into three extremely popular, very successful movies. Do it! Got a butt ton of bees! This week, 12 years after the last movie premiered, the Jackass cast, now in their 40s and early 50s, return with the aptly titled Jackass Forever.
1: Hello, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to (laughs) Jackass.
0: In this episode, we're going to speak with one of the film's stars, the multi-hyphenate mononym stuntman supreme, Stevo himself. We're gonna talk about the new movie and passing the torch to some newer, younger cast members. And since this is a travel show, we'll segue into discussion about O's travel-centric jackass spinoff, Wild Boys, the pretty gross way he used to smuggle drugs into other countries, and how he recently almost got arrested at one of our nation's most beloved national monuments. And then at the end of the show, we're gonna check in with Esther Zuckerman, Thrillist senior entertainment writer, who's going to give her thoughts on the new movie. But first off, Steve-O. Let's jump right into it. You know, I was lucky enough to see the new movie a couple nights ago, and it is just so hilarious and fun and endearing. As a longtime fan, it's exactly what I wanted to see in a jackass movie. And as a human being, it's just exactly what I want to see right now.
1: Well, dude, thank you for the kind words. Thank you for watching as uh, a dedicated
0: attention whore that's like (laughs) music to my ears. Could you introduce us to um, your partner over there that you happen to be petting right now?
1: Yeah, this is Wendy from Peru. Um, I, I found her in the streets of Peru. Now we've been living out here in the mountains for like two and a half weeks. I love this dog so much. And I made this wonderful video about how we fell in love in Peru, and then I brought her home with me to America. And that video got more views than any video I've ever put on the internet.
0: Okay, so quick note from me. If you have not seen the video about Wendy from Peru, you should go check it out immediately. There is a link in our description. It's incredibly endearing. Stevo finds this dog in the street, and since she can't stay in his hotel, he sleeps in a tent with her, outside for a few days it's great
1: but i can say the fact that her video outperformed anything i've ever done in my life fucking
0: felt like a kick in the teeth (laughs) (laughs) which you've had some kicks in the teeth yeah exactly
1: after the lengths i've gone to for views the fact that i couldn't do shit better than rescue a goddamn dog really stings
0: So speaking of co-stars, one thing that's immediately different in Jackass Forever from the rest of the franchise are the new cast members who are, you know, for the record, hilarious and wildly charming and totally just fit in with the chemistry of the rest of the group. I think that, you know, and you even joke about this in the movie, how now there are new younger bodies that can take some of the punishment and take some of the pressure off. But I want to ask you if you maybe have a little bit of FOMO about not always being the person going the hardest, um, doing all the stunts.
1: Well, I mean, absolutely. And I'll never forget, you know, early on when it was still a question mark about whether or not we were going to do this. It was an idea, but we weren't committed to it. You know, we all got together uh, for a dinner and we had a private room in this restaurant. It was all the original cast members. And Knoxville surfaced his intentions to have new, younger cast members introduced. And I I can tell you that the universal consensus among all of us was, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? You know, like, we were very resistant to the idea. We uh, did not love it. And and, and yeah, you can call it FOMO. You know, I I call it just, uh, you know, attention whores not wanting to share the spotlight, but uh, Mm -hmm. we pushed back. We tried to, uh, to resist it, but as has been the case with every creative decision, which Johnny Knoxville, Jeff Tremaine and Spike Jones arrived at, you know, as a consensus, they were right. You know, they've always been right. The three of them, when they put their heads together and agree on a final decision, it's always the right decision. And um, as much as we tried to dislike (laughs) the new cast members, that was frankly impossible as soon as we met them. We got to the set and and two things were evident right away, that it felt like we had never stopped, the chemistry was very much alive and well, and that the new cast members were, were just so honored and, and enthusiastic and, and just fucking thrilled to be there that it was impossible not to fall in love with them.
0: Yeah, well, you know, that isn't to say that you didn't do your fair share of stunts in the movie. I think pretty early on, your uh, genitals get covered with a swarm of bees. I have to tell you, that kind of triggered me because one of my first memories ever was my third birthday party. And I got stung on the dick by a wasp. It flew up right up my uh, Oshkosh bagoshes. So I definitely <laughs> feel your pain there. You know, getting stitches, breaking bones, those things heal. But when you put your dick and balls on the line, I mean, was there ever a point where you were thinking, you know, not just in any of the movies or the series, I'm about to lose my genitals right now. What What's the highest dick risk you've ever taken? Man. <clears throat> The very first day for me on the set of Jackass
1: Forever, the very first bit was four of us standing up on a scaffolding, like maybe eight feet tall. And we had full bricks tied to our wieners. And our job was to drop the brick. And for two of us, the string was too short. <laughs> and. I mean, dude, I'd like there was a real question, like, man, is this gonna rip my dick off? Like that was a, a super scary one. And for us to just be like, okay, this, this is what we're doing. One, two, three, go and drop the brick. Like that was uh, a, a real morale booster in the wow, like we still have this in us, you know? And then of course I had all the bees on my dick and those bees, man, like I made a pro model skateboard. I signed every one of them too. You can get them at stevo.com. I also came sure. out with some killer Stevo shoes. They're uh, they're actually Emerica collabs. Yeah. Super dope quality. And yeah, I mean, just throwing it out there, they're at stevo.com.
0: Alright, so just a note, the Dick B skateboard is actually pretty funny. It's linked in our description if you want to check it out. I have been watching you uh, and your penis, kind of, for literally two-thirds of my life. And while you you didn't inspire me to do things like cover my taint and Africanize bees, but one thing you truly did do, honestly, is stoke my interest in travel. And I really do mean that. I wanted to go to Europe and do the Gumball 3000. I wanted to go to South Africa and India and Russia like you and Chris did and Wild Boys.
1: Thank you, brother.
0: In case you don't know, Wild Boys was a jackass spinoff on MTV in the early 2000s. steve and fellow cast member Chris Pontius traveled the world, interacted with local culture and customs, and did a ton of stunts featuring regional wildlife.
1: I used to think birdwatching was for total dorks, and it is,
0: but the birds in Belize are so beautiful.
1: Ah, okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, this gig has allowed you to go all over the world, I want to ask you, what is a place that you were able to visit over the years that actually just kind of opened up your mind a little bit where you were like, I never would have thought to come here. But now that I'm here, it's amazing. And this is just an amazing opportunity.
1: You know, like the Wild Boys era, that chapter of my life was just so rich and like experience and and, uh, world travel and 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 I kind of think that it all blends together a little, you know, just because there was just so much going on all at once. And I think I was at a point in my life, like, where I wasn't um, capable of really appreciating it. I think that, uh, that that I appreciate things a lot more now at this stage in my life. Because what I remember most from Wild Boys is, like, being frustrated that I couldn't get a, Burger King Whopper. <laughs> you know, I'd be in this like amazing, like exotic country having like unbelievably unique experiences, and I'd just be pissed off that I didn't have weed and fast food.
0: <laughs> I know that you've been sober for more than a decade, and congrats on that. That's amazing. But, you know, I know that you were not shy talking about your previous drug use, and I wanted to ask you, um, I smoked a little bit of weed when I was in Thailand and it might have been the worst thing I've ever smoked. In your opinion, what country had the worst weed?
1: I mean, it, it was pretty bad everywhere, you know, like and if you're in the eastern hemisphere, then not only can you count on it being bad weed, but it's like strong likelihood that the punishment for having anything to do with weed is extremely severe. If not, right capital punishment. So I developed a habit of smuggling weed with me whenever I went to the Eastern hemisphere. And to do that, I would grind it up. I would pack it into a condom, like real pretty tight. So I would have about an eighth and it was pretty small and I would tie the condom in a knot and then swallow it. I would actually swallow like up to five of them and uh, then fly through Singapore, where they have the death penalty for drug trafficking. And then when I arrived at my destination, whether it was Thailand, India, Indonesia, then I would like be digging through my poop, and uh, <laughs> she would always come out, and I would you know, dig it out of my poop, and then um, I'd let the guys know that, that uh, the eagle had landed, that we had ass grass,
0: and... Uh,
1: <laughs> You know, I always got a kick out of sharing the weed with people because, uh, you know, they were smoking my shit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> There is the shit. And it's hard to get over there, so I'm sure everyone else appreciates the pain that you went through.
1: I would yeah. smuggle weed through Singapore and then dig it out of my shit is an indication that there was an addiction issue there.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're going to take this clip and put it on D.A.R.E. We were talking about Wild Boys, which I think in particular, was actually surprisingly great at showing other cultures and actually not making fun of them. But, you know, you and Chris just diving headfirst into things that might make us as American travelers a little bit uncomfortable. Have Have you and Chris ever talked about getting back on the road and making a travel show together?
1: It's always been very important to us to not be mean-spirited, you know? And, and with Wild Boys we were, uh, we consider ourselves ambassadors of goodwill. You know, like never would we ever want to uh, make fun of people or, or make them uh, upset them or, or make them uncomfortable. So that's something that I'm proud of. And I think that that extends beyond Wild Boys into like all of the, you know, jackass installments that the spirit of it is, is so, so good. and. And, and really wholesome, I would say. And then, do we ever want to go back? Was the question. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't want to return to filming Wild Boys because, particularly with uh, with the animals, I'm I'm so much more sensitive about animal rights. And mm. also, like at this point in my life, t- taking real risks, like put like, I mean. <laughs> Risking my life isn't as uh, as appealing to me anymore, you know, and 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 it was on wild Boys specifically that uh, that I risked my life the most. All the encounters with uh, the big cats and and the sharks and and the venomous reptiles, you know, like the bears, like there were a lot of situations that we could have died in. And you know, for us to revisit that now, uh, I just wouldn't be, I wouldn't be willing to take those risks anymore, and I wouldn't um, have uh, the stomach to participate in exploiting
0: animals like that. Okay, we're going to take a very quick break, but when we get back, Steve-O shares one of his recent travel stories, which naturally involves a run-in with local law enforcement. Stick around. I know even recently, a few weeks ago, you climbed to the top of the Lincoln Memorial. I've been yeah. to the Lincoln Memorial pretty recently, and it's very climbable. I actually think you should be able to do that, make history a little interactive for the kids. but. You know, what was going through your mind and what happened after and while you were doing that?
1: Well, it, it was like one o'clock in the morning. I had just done a show and my girl wanted to go sightseeing in DC. So we went over to the Washington Monument, the Capitol building, we were walking around. We, we, we uh, came to the Lincoln Memorial and I knew very little about it. You know, it, it was lit up one in the morning. Like I had no idea that anybody would be there You know, I just saw that they had this little, it was roped off by a rope that was like literally one foot off the ground. Yeah. And it had a sign that said like, please stay off or something, you know? And and I said to (laughs) my girl, Lux, I said, you know, if you're gonna commit a crime, you have to be prepared to accept the punishment. And in this case, I feel strongly that whatever the punishment is, I'm I'm willing to accept it. So like I handed her my phone to film me climbing up and and you know, I, I climbed up uh, somewhat easily. It was actually, uh, I, I didn't look that cool doing it, but um, okay. I, I did get up on top. And uh, there I, almost as soon as I got up on top, I realized that off, To the side of the statue is a door, which at all times, around the clock, has a a police officer on duty behind it. So I make it up on the thing, the door opens, this cop walks over and just motions for me to get down. As soon as I get down, he puts the handcuffs on me, and I'm under arrest, you know? Uh, He he walks over, he leads me over to the side. And and he told me that Donald Trump had passed a statue-climbing law which made it a federal offense for me to climb up on the Lincoln Memorial, and that this federal offense came with 10 years in prison, you know, up to 10 years in prison.
2: And in addition, the FBI is investigating hundreds of people throughout the country for what they've done to monuments,
1: statues, and it's 10 years, that's a long time. Like, every arrest I've ever had in my illustrious criminal record has always been, I'd say, very beneficial to me. Sure. That's what I believe, you know? My what yeah. I'm sure, would disagree. But I've enjoyed all the attention that my arrests have gotten me. And um, then the police officer said, you know, with all that, you know, despite all that, I am gonna let you go, but I'm telling you right now, like, uh, you know, it was, like, I'm letting you go with the warning but if I see see photos or video online of you climbing that statue, I'm going to issue a federal warrant for your arrest. (laughs) And I thought, all right, you know, and I kind of chewed on it. I sat on the footage for a few weeks, and then I thought, all right, I'll animate it. (laughs) You know, I'll animate it, and right on the, the precise frame where I jump off the statue and I'm no longer on it, we'll kick back into the real footage. Right. So that it couldn't be more evident that uh, th- 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 that's what happened. And I don't even think it was animated. I think it was just some, like, schlocky filter that you <laughs> put on the thing that kind of cartoonifies it a little bit.
0: Makes a little Stevo jumping around the statue. Yeah.
1: Right. And, and in hindsight, <clears throat> I think that that was overly careful on my part. I think that, uh, you know... I asked myself, why didn't I just put the footage out? You know, I mean, I guess I, guess I could answer that myself and, and say that like, it would have been uh, like deliberately disrespectful to do that. But the reason why I even thought to ask myself that question is because clearly I'm disappointed that I did not get a federal warrant issued from the press <laughs> because I missed out on so many headlines.
0: Oh, definitely. That would be everywhere. If, if listen, if you ever want to send the video to Thrillist, our social team would totally take it. Uh, <laughs> but we don't want you to get arrested, obviously. I
1: mean, I, I I don't know. Like, what would really be the thing? You know, like like if I did uh do that, you know, like I just can't imagine that they would really want to pursue the issue because it would just be so ridiculous to to you know. Divert a bunch of taxpayer money to prosecute Devo right. for <laughs> climbing up on a fucking statue.
0: Like <laughs> That's a monument, though. <laughs> you know, I, I have to say this, Devo. Despite all of the like admittedly dumb stuff that you guys have done over the years, I think that looking back, surprisingly, in a lot of ways, you and the jackass team represent the opposite of what people might call toxic masculinity you embrace camaraderie, you're super open-minded, in touch with your emotions. And I think that over the years, you have really kind of turned in, this is weird to say, but like kind of a role model for people like me who have grown up watching you guys. I mean, what do you think about that when, you know, when someone says that to you? Because I'm sure I'm not the first person to express this.
1: I mean, hey, dude, I'm grateful for the kind words and and um, thank you for, for saying that. My initial reaction is... Uh, To think that um, I very much lead a double life, you know, and and, uh, in one role, I I could be very much viewed as a role model, I suppose. You know, um, I've uh, made a practice of going about my life that I think involves a lot of integrity. You know, I'm rigorously honest. I'm mindful to be considerate of others for the most part. You know, I'm never deliberately malicious or, 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 uh, or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, um, I think that over the years and, and certainly, you know, as a guy in recovery, I've learned how to utilize tools to, um, to improve my life and my behavior. So yeah, if anybody wanted to call me a role model, I wouldn't be mad at them. You know, am I am I motivated? I don't do anything so that I can be a role model. I think that would be a, a terrible motivation. Like I just want to be happy with who I am and that's enough for me, but that's just one role. And then the other role is the guy who, uh, you know, breaks bones and shoves things up his butt. And, I, and I'm I'm very comfortable with that too.
0: Definitely. Well, thank you for embodying both of those roles for all of us out there and I'm a big fan, Steve-O. Love the movie. I think everyone should go see it. And thank you so much for your time. Come back anytime you want. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, dude. Thank you for letting me obnoxiously plug my new Bees Pro Model Skateboard and my Edney's collab steve shoes.
0: Get it out. They look beautiful. Let's yeah. throw
1: the tour up there too, man. I'm on the bucket list tour and it's nuts.
0: All of those things steve shamelessly plugged are in our description, so check them out. Okay, switching gears a little bit, we're going to talk to Esther Zuckerman, Thrillist senior entertainment writer and noted jackass enthusiast, about her thoughts on the new film. That's happening right now
2: probably like a month before the pandemic, my boyfriend and I, um, I had never seen the movies. He was a long time obsessive. There was sort of a conversation about it happening online and we decided one Saturday just to watch all three of them back to back. As soon as I watched them, I became really obsessed and I wrote a piece for Thrillist about how I was a recent convert and yeah, just the obsession spiraled from there.
0: It's been 12 years since Jackass 3D, and I have to say, uh, seeing Chris Pineus' junk in pretty much the first scene of the movie, it was like seeing Han Solo again in The Force Awakens. I was like, I feel great. They're back. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to ask you, how do you think this sequel stacks up with the rest of the franchise and continues the legacy of Jackass, and I guess potentially caps it off as there's been some chatter that this will be the last installment, maybe? Yeah, I mean,
2: I think it'd be hard for them to go forward. I mean, Johnny got seriously injured by the bull stunt in this one. Um, They are in their 50s. I think it does a really good job. You know, we're living in the age of reboots and sequels to things long. And, you know, there's a sense that, like, can this really recapture some of the magic? Obviously, there are, there's sadness associated with that. Ryan Dunn is no longer with us. Um, Bam Margera is not a part of the group anymore for various legal reasons. There's a trepidation that, like, is this going to feel, you know weird. I actually just spoke to Johnny Knoxville for a piece um, and I think the word he used, I might be paraphrasing, was like sweaty. Is this going to feel like awkward and sweaty? And it really doesn't. That's sort of the sort of amazing thing. They do a good job of incorporating new cast members. Um, They have five new cast members without it feeling, you know, sort of like a full passing of the torch. It's still, the original crew is still getting tortured just as much, if not more so, than the new people. But, you know, filling it out with some younger people whose bodies might not be quite as damaged by some of the things they're doing. But it really was, I mean, I was laughing, you know, nonstop, smiling ear to ear, like, the whole time.
0: Oh, definitely, And I, I loved my my biggest trepidation coming in as someone who's been a fan a long time was the new cast members. It was like, you know, our, yeah. the one thing I really love about Jackass beyond the stunts, beyond everything stupid and hilarious they do is just the feeling of being with friends and them being friends and hanging out and that chemistry they have. But I feel like they didn't miss a beat. The new cast were just like super hilarious and wildly charming and just great.
2: Yeah. Um, so I ta- I also talked to Jeff Chimane for a story and he was saying that like, you know, they weren't looking for people who were like the gnarliest people. They were looking for people who they'd want to hang out with because that's so much of the ethos of jackasses. Like, yes, people are putting themselves to the ringer, but like the actual core group and there are, you know, they torture Danger Aaron and there's like really badly in this movie. And they're, you know, they are making of each other, but like at the root of it is like a deep love for one another, and they wanted to find people who they just wanted to hang out with.
0: Yeah, well, Esther, you know, I know that we have a lot of coverage coming out um, about the new movie, a lot written by you. Do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, what we can see on Thrillist right now for people who are interested in the new movie?
2: So we're going to have a bunch of stuff. Um, I have a sort of introduction to the new cast member that that's out. I'm also writing a piece on the sort of the cinematic legacy of Jackass. I think Jackass is one of those things that like you sort of, I mean, it was my introduction to it too. Like you sort of think of it, you know, as like just, bros being bros, dudes being dudes. (laughs) But it is hugely respected in, like, the cinephile community. Um, This Thursday, when this episode comes out, there's a marathon screening at the Museum of the Moving Image. Actually, Jackass 3D premiered at MoMA, um, and the Jackass guys are official artists in MoMA's uh, archive. And there have been, like, repertory screenings around... um, New York and elsewhere that are really, you know, that cinephiles love Jackass, and so it's a piece about that. And then I have an interview with Johnny Knoxville coming up, um, which was very fun. So yeah, I think you can read all of that stuff on Thrillist.com. Exactly. <laughs>
0: well, Esther, right. I appreciate. it Thank you for sharing your thoughts, and I'm glad, you know, um, you came on to talk about Jackass. I will always be willing to talk about Jackass with you if you ever need someone. Yes. Cool.
2: Yes, definitely. <laughs> Great. Okay. Thanks.
0: So big thanks to Esther, and in addition to her ongoing Jackass coverage on Thrillist, she also released a new book this month called Beyond the Best Dressed. It's an illustrated breakdown of 90 years of fashion at the Oscars. Check it out, we have a link in our description. The very funny Jackass Forever is in theaters right now, so go see it, and for the record, you can also find some old Wild Boys clips online. I highly suggest doing so. This show was produced by myself and Mia Fask, edited and mixed by the otherworldly Dean White and Abby Austria. Special thanks to all of my bosses, Jim D'Amico, Megan Kirsch, Brett Kushner, and Emily Feld. That's it for us. Put your tray tables up, leave your shoes on, and we'll see you next week. Bye.